0: Welcome to The Inspiration Accelerator, hosted by Michael Sonberg, founder and CEO of Rebel Culture
1: and Skyrocket Education. Each week, we'll talk to a different, inspiring person in the world of leadership, personal development, career, family, fitness, and beyond. Buckle up for The Inspiration Accelerator.
0: Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of The Inspiration Accelerator. I am here. Once again, it's like an embarrassment of riches, people. I've got my buddy Dave Lubelzik here. He's going to talk to us about his incredible, interesting, and really non-traditional journey in a moment. But before we go there, I just want to share a a quick story that I think will resonate with some folks. A few months ago, um, a colleague of mine made an introduction for me. To uh somebody who's a a monster in the in the thought leadership personal development space and the person agreed to meet with me and uh, I was terrified going into the meeting uh which is crazy because everything I'd ever heard about the person I was meeting with was that they're the nicest person in the world but um I was still you know really nervous and not just what will they think of me but well, they think I just want something from them. And, you know, how do I actually make this authentic, which it was authentic, but I just had all these kind of like voices in my head. And so the meeting's supposed to start and I forget it's supposed to start like five o'clock East Coast time. And it's five oh one and then it's five oh two. And my overriding thought was that this is this is real. My overriding thought was, I hope that the person doesn't show up, which is crazy because at the very least, it was going to be a learning experience. At its best, it was something that could have been transformative for me, whether uh, I had new ways of thinking about things or um, or maybe an opportunity arose uh, or I had an opportunity to, you know, uh, You know, provides some sort of service to, to that person and, and add value to them. But my my overriding thought was like, I hope the person doesn't show up because I was I was scared shitless of like playing that big. I really just I was right, and I had to talk myself down, and I, I did. And it turned out the person was stuck in traffic, and their assistant reached out to me and super apologetic, and wound up doing a phone call instead of a instead of a Zoom. But and now, uh, now I, I text with the person often and, uh, they have a, a coaching program that I'm a, I'm a member of. And, uh, and, uh, it's just been, and it's been incredible to know the person, but like, I just, I had to share this because I'm sure that there are some people listening on this, uh, to this podcast that are like, oh man, I, I really, I want another job, but man, I hope I don't, I hope I don't get that job because like, it's going to be harder or it's going to be scary, or I'm not going to know how to do it. Or I have to like meet a whole bunch of new friends and I have to fill out all the new paperwork or whatever it is, like all the stuff that we say to ourselves when like a big opportunity comes up. um, It is, there's so much more freedom on the other side of that thing. I know it's easier to stay where we are. It would have been easier for me if the person never showed up and never responded and I never had to put myself out there in a really scary and vulnerable way. Um, it's better when we do, uh, even if it doesn't go well, we learn and uh, and we get the experience. So, um, folks, I cannot wait to chat with Dave Le, uh, Dave LeBelzik. Um, he's got a background in branding, but these days he's known as the brain for rent. He's been described as equal parts explorer, alchemist, and mad scientist, and he guides people out of the cogs of monotony. To my earlier point, right, like about taking chances, betting on yourself, changing your circumstance, uh, and he is uh, he is known as a turbo, a turbine, to create real momentum in your life. All that to say, Dave is a business. And life coach, and the founder and CEO of Tailored Success Journey. Dave, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing, Michael? I'm awesome. I am awesome. So, Dave, tell us about your journey because you've told me this story and just you have a really interesting perspective on life and work and what's important about each of them. So tell us about uh, your journey and uh, some of the decisions you made along the way.
1: All right. Well, uh, we'll start back when I was in college, which I'm not going to divulge my age, but it was very long time ago. Um, and um, when I was leaving college, I had this weird rule that I would never take a job where I couldn't wear sneakers to work. <laughs> And it wasn't that I wanted to be comfortable, it wasn't that I love my Chuck Taylors, although I did. It was that the sneakers represented freedom. It was the freedom to be me, it was the freedom to do cool projects with cool people, to to use my creativity and curiosity in a way that I felt was going to be a culture and a place that I could thrive in. And mm-hmm. you know, throughout throughout my career, I always, you know, that always sat in the back of my head that 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 rule of, you know, if it's not fun, stop doing it. And, mm. you know, and that was really where I started my career. And, you know, my family and friends all thought I was crazy. You know, it was it was a, one of the economic downturns. It was, you know, a lot of people were taking manager, I was a marketing major. And so a lot of them were taking, you know, management jobs and retail or whatever. And I, I just, I couldn't do it. And I wanted to really find a place for myself. And I, and I bopped around for a number of years um, but the path that I did was a non-traditional path through video editing and web development, and and then finally finding founding a branding company, um, which led to business consulting, which led to you know one-on-one business coaching, and and kind of where I am today. But all throughout the time, unbeknownst to me, now looking back at it, I I had kind of created this this what I now call the sovereign life. You know, everybody talks about the solopreneur and the entrepreneur, but, you know, as I, I've coined the term sovereign as this, you know, life of, of self-motivation and freedom and fulfillment, you know, to really craft your earning stream, whether that be a, a career or whether that be a, a, a business that you're starting in such a way that you're able to, to live the life that you want, to kind of live the life of your dreams, to do the things you want out of life and to really, you know, enjoy your life, not just end up on kind of an earnings treadmill. And, you know, money has never been a, a huge um
0: motivator
1: for me. And you know, and I felt like I didn't fit in with society. You know, I was kind of the rebel without a clue as far as all my family and friends were concerned. And <laughs> even my even my my spouse when I, when I was married, you know, she was like, you know, why don't you want a real job? And you know, and how are you going to ever make money doing that? And I'm like, well, it's it's about making enough money to do the things you want to do in life. And earnings are important, but they're not the end all and be all. And I think a lot of times we end up getting on that you know, we, we we leave a corporate job to have more freedom and to do the things we want. We end up creating a lot of earnings that, in the end, sometimes we don't even have the time to to, to use and utilize in the way that we thought we wanted to.
0: Yeah, I man, I love the uh, I love the um, I love the idea of the going to work in sneakers. And it's it's to your point. It's it's less about your comfort. It's more a metaphor for the kind of life you want to live and the kind of places you want to be spending your time. I I was going to ask though, and you, you alluded to this, but I imagine you had people pulling and pushing on you from every angle saying, do this, do that. You're crazy. I I even imagine you probably saw some friends take not more, more traditional routes to, to at least financial success and, and uh, you know, and, 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 and acquire that success. What what does it take in those moments to to stand, really stand, really you know firmly in this place that you have um, decided you want to stand and say like no, like I'm unwavering about this. I will not do that at any point because this is too important for me.
1: Well, the places was when I did waver.
0: You know there weren't.
1: Mm. You know, there was there was my last real job. And I put that in the air quotes. um, I, you know, I wore a tie and dress shoes to work every day. And it's funny because I I do. I I love a a great pair of dress shoes these days. So I don't just wear sneakers. But (laughs) back then it was like one of that. Oh, I'm dressing up. I have to wear a tie to work every day. And yeah. And it just wasn't me and, you know, Mm. and, and but I did, you know, I took it and I, you know, I took that job and it had come out of another more entrepreneurial experience. I had some colleagues move over um, to a large accounting firm and they needed a creative department built and, you know, they they begged me to go there and I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, but yet again, it was another economic upheaval. The dot-com world ended and I was kind of in flux and I was like, all right, you know, I'll take this job, you know, and I had a view of Fenway Park out my window. Like I was in the mm. Hancock Tower, and I could see you know the blimp go by on opening day, and you know, and it was it was a great job at a corner office at one point in the building, you know, and you know I, I, everything that you would think of, you know, the corner office with the great salary, with the staff, mm. and you know, and I was miserable, you know, and I had said mm. I would spend a year working there. And- well, Dave,
0: let me interrupt you. Why, why were you miserable? Why were because all that stuff sounds. Sounds great uh, to, 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 I bet, to a lot of our listeners. What was miserable about it? Well, to be honest with you, it was because I was a creative in an accounting firm.
1: Got it <laughs> it was it. not the right match for me, you know, and, and I went. I said earlier, you know, to do cool things with cool people. And while they talked a good game, they really didn't have the right culture. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I also realized that I wasn't helping people um Mm. I really wanted to get out there and 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 help people and 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 it was it was an evolution you know I I I look back at it and that was what I thought but um but at the time it was just I want to get out there and I want to really make a difference and do things that are really people appreciate um yet to be able to use my creativity in, in ways that people understand um you know and and I said, I'm going to make the leap. You know, I had one, you know, small client that was another former colleague of mine who was starting a business. He's like, I need logos and I need a website. And I'm like, okay, great. I got a client. And so I, so I went into my boss and I said, you know, I'm done. And she's like, for the day, I'm like, no, I'm done. Like forever. <laughs> and she's like, are you giving notice? I'm like, sure, if you want, <laughs> yeah. no. but, you know, but I promised I did what I promised. I built a great team. They went on to do some great things, you know, within the company, they were known as one of the most creative uh, departments within the, the large, you know, nationwide, actually international accounting firm, um, you know, so I did what I was meant to do, but but it just it wasn't what i wanted and i wanted to get out there and do some some cool stuff and that's actually i had partnered up with a um a college uh, buddy of mine and that was where i came up with uh, if it doesn't if it's not fun stop doing it and that was our one of our main core principles or if not the main core principle of the branding firm when we first got going was you know if we don't like it we have the ability to change it and do something different and i think that that guided me for for many years in the, in the evolution. And I think that's why I've modified and evolved so many times in my business. Cause it was like, I saw opportunities to utilize my skills in different ways and to, to work with different people in different capacities and to help them in, in different areas and, and, and what they needed in their business and now what they need in their life.
0: It's fascinating, man. I, I think, um, you know, one of the one of my frustrations and um and just in work in general is when folks coach people to leave jobs that they like careers that they that they want and that they like and that they aspire to because the boss is a bad boss or because there's like Too much bureaucracy to me. That's like a a blaming of the victim, and that we should really be. And it's what my other company, Rebel Culture, does, which is target those bosses to make to create a work environment that people want to be a part of. But to your point, you know, I I don't think anybody should do any job that they're not that they're not absolutely over the moon to do. Now I'm not talking about when you're 19, and when you're 19, I think you should pay your dues, and I think you should move furniture and you know bartend and and wait, wait tables I think you should do like jobs that are like pretty pretty hard I, I think it builds character i know it did for me i delivered pizzas in my teens once i could drive and you know being out in the snowstorm they probably wouldn't let us do this now but being out in a snowstorm in the in the 90s in uh in, in long island new york um you know with my tires spinning all over the road like that stuff builds character but when you get older and I talked to, I, I talked to a lot of leaders and a lot of them are school leaders. And like, anybody's ever says to me, like, I don't think I want to be a principal. And I think it's authentic, not just like, hey, we've had a tough year or, hey, like my boss, you know, the, the president or the, the CEO or whomever, like the superintendent, like they don't know what they're doing and they're really hard to work for. But if it's like, no, actually, like I don't like this job. I don't like what it entails. I'm the first one to be like, yo, get out of here. I mean, do it at the end of the year. Don't leave people high and dry, but like you should not spend five minutes doing a job that you are not head over heels in love with doing because that's like a third. thats a 30 year life. That's crazy to me, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you don't jump out of bed in the morning and, you know, enjoy going to work, if you're dreading brushing your teeth and going out the door, you know, you're going to be miserable and why, you know, it it should be contributing to your life, not taking away from your life, you know, and whatever you do in your career, shouldn't just be about the dollar. It shouldn't just be about the prestige. It should, it should be an augment who you are and what you are. And it should be an extension
0: of all of the dreams for your life. And so what kind of, what kind of clients do you get for your coaching company? Are these people who are in the you know um to use an overused term but folks who are in the in the rat race folks who are um not seeing their families a whole bunch making good money but unfulfilled is that is that your like uh av- uh you know uh avatar the those folks come your way
1: so i have kind of two two sets of people i have the the solo entrepreneur that has left the rat race at some point or maybe mm re-entered the workforce by building their own business. So they were stay-at-home parents or um, they took care of their, their elder parents for a while or whatever the case may be. And they entered back into the workforce um, or they, they, they said, I'm done. I want to, I want to get out of, you know, the corporate life, sort of what I did, you know, 20 years ago and said, I'm going to get out of my corporate corner office job, but I'm going to do my own thing. Um, and so I have a lot of those that have been doing it for year, two, five years. Um, some of them are even extremely successful and, you know, they've, they don't have any time, you know, they, they, they've, they've hit every milestone when it comes to finances and growth of the company and all of those kinds of things. But the, but they're now dreading getting out of bed in the morning because they're like, I want to go sail my boat. I want to spend more time <laughs> with my kids. I want to do the things that are the, uh, you know, it, it was work-life balance and, you know, and I don't believe in the term work-life, work-life balance because I don't think it can ever be a balance. But they can coexist. Well, say,
0: say more about that. Yeah. What, what? Why can't they be balanced? Because say more about that. At any given time in life, there's there's
1: cycles. You know, there's the busy season at work. You know, you know. we'll, we'll take retail just because it's an easy one to talk about. But there's Christmas season, and you're yeah. not you're not taking a lot of time off if you run a shop that sells stuff for Christmas. You know, if you sell Christmas trees, you can't take November and December off. It just can't. Right. You know, uh, flower. I have a I have, I have a client who's a florist. She cannot take Valentine's Day, the week before Valentine's Day, off ever. Like it yeah, just Mother's Day, right? You know, Mother's Day, those kinds of things. So there are times when business is going to consume your life, but then there's also time where you want to be able to have a life with your family and your hobbies and the things that you you want to do in life. And so the balance comes in. And really, the longer plan—it's not a day-to-day balance. It's it's an over the course of your life balance, and that's really what I advocate for people is to really look at the next twenty or thirty years of your life and really think about what are the experiences I want to have, what are the achievements I want to have, what are the things I want to do, you know, kind of the reverse bucket list. You know, a bucket list is I'm going to kick the bucket. I've got cancer, so here's the things I need to do before I die but look at it now and say, what are the things, you know, I know, Michael, you just ran marathons recently. That's a relatively new thing for you. Mm-hmm. Uh- You know, so so to say I want to run a marathon in my life and to start thinking about what's what chapter in my life do I really want to put that in? Is that an immediate goal? Is that a goal in the next five years or is that a goal like five or 10 years from now? You know, and depending on what your age is, that includes getting married, having children, buying a house, buying a second house, you know, going on vacation, hiking the Appalachian Trail, backpacking through Europe, writing the great American novel. You know, you, you might have a novel in you and you might be. You know, or a screenplay in you, and you might be, you know, an IT guy, you know, you know who, you know, does it on the side. You know, um, I mean, Jeff Kinney is a perfect example of that. He had a very successful IT career and he wrote Diary of the Wimpy Kid, which went on to be a movie franchise and all that kind of stuff. That's his side business. But he crafted his life in a way that he was able to write books and have his career. And I think more of us need to really think about what do we want to do with our lives and what are the creative outlets and the things we want, the achievements and experiences. And how do we fit those into our life and have a plan to say, ooh. There's going to be a time where I'm going to spend six months hiking the Appalachian Trail. Am I building a business that I can walk away from and it just shuts down for six months, or do I build a business that can run itself? And how long is it going to take me to build that business so that I can do it in that
0: time frame that I want to do it? Yeah, you think about um, and you you're. you're I, I know a handful of people like this. A guy I grew up with. Uh, one of the mentors in a coaching program that I'm in, you, and I think a handful of others really have, uh, and I'm gonna oversimplify this a little bit, but or maybe a lot of it, but like really a clear vision of what do I want to do and how much money is it going to take for me to be able to do that? And so then that's the number I'm gonna strive to hit. Uh, and I have a friend who who does this masterfully, where it's like, and and they keep offering him promotions at work and he keeps turning them down. He mm-hmm. doesn't want more responsibility, he doesn't want more leadership. He wants to go to work, punch in, uh do his job and then go home so he can then write music and uh do com- he's a, a, a you know, a comedian and an actor and uh not with any grand aspirations but just like loves it for fun, but he's really clear on what do I need to be able to make to be able to do those things. And I think for a lot of us, and I'll include myself here, I don't really have that figured out. I just keep working and look to make impact, but don't really think about the dollars and cents in that way. And you do, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's
0: the big thing
1: is, is that you really need to figure out, I have what I call the fulfillment formula. So earnings is one piece of the fulfillment formula, because you need a certain amount of earnings to do the things you want to do in life. And you have to have a clear idea of what that is. But before you can really figure out what your earnings are, the other three big components are time and energy and freedom. So you need to really think about what do I need for those two? And often time and energy and freedom are at odds with earnings. I and mean, because if, if you really think about it, money is a factor of time and energy and, and, and sacrificing freedom. The more time and energy you put into something and the more uh, sacrifice of your freedom, the more money you can earn. But then you get, if you earn too much money and don't still have the time and energy or that freedom, you can't utilize that money. Um, And so you really need to figure out what is your formula? What is your success in any given point over the course of your life and in any given chapter in your life? and right now you know you might be in a in a in a period where earnings is all that matters because i need to hit a certain dollar figure so that i can grow my company or i can buy that house or i can put away money for kids college or whatever your success is right now but that doesn't mean that that continues forever and so you need to really be thinking about and planning how do i structure my life to make sure that I hit all of the, all of the success that I want to have in life. You, you mentioned impact, you know, how many people am I reaching? Am I am making an impact in the community? Am I, am I, do I have a, the comedian, uh, uh, music, you know, do I getting my creative outlets? What, what is success? You know, for me, freedom to travel and to experience things and to meet people and to, to, that's more important to me than dollars. You know, I need a certain dollar to pay my rent, to pay my mortgage, you know, or to pay my car payment. You know, all the things that I need in life, but at, and I need money to travel and do those things. But I don't want to earn more money than I need to at the expense of having the time to actually then go travel.
0: Hey, what's the people are addicted to work though, right? I mean, I, I noticed it with myself. Even on a a, a vacation, I check my I check my email. Uh, a a low estimate would be 30 times a day um, because I don't want to miss something and I don't want to leave anybody hanging. And I'm also probably addicted to it. I'm addicted to work. I'm addicted to uh, success. I'm addicted to to, uh, new opportunities. I'm not alone here. You probably see this all the time with folks who agree with you theoretically, but are so addicted to the grind that they that they have trouble breaking away from it. Am I, am I am I off of that? or does that make sense?
1: No, I mean, and that's the thing. As a society, we've been told that that's that's all we focus on. And if you do it right, you'll quote unquote, win the lottery and be able to have everything that you ever dreamed about. But, you know, the old money doesn't buy happiness. I don't think it's whether money buys happiness or not. And then some people say, well, money can buy things that make you happy. And that is true. But you need to make sure that you've mapped out the other key resources of time, energy, and freedom in order to have a, a the, the well-rounded life that you want to have and i think you know retraining your brain to be addicted to experiences and to be addicted to relationships and to be addicted to creativity and the other things that that for, can can fulfill you but the bigger one is is to really start redefining what success is for yourself and to say you know i i money isn't the only thing that's going to dictate me being successful I need these other core components in my life. I need to make an impact. I need to be creative. I need to have connection to people. Those are, those are just as important. And, and I the success formula that I do, it actually assigns percentages. And you kind of mm. are looking at and going, okay, to, and we we do it in a in a lifetime or we do it over a 30-year period, you know, and then we do it in each chapter, so every five years, so six chapters in that 30 years, then you boil it down to each year in that five years, and then each season, within the, um, within that year. And then you boil it down to each week. What is, what's success this week? You know, and so my, mm. really, it starts with this this mapping of your dreams and then it starts taking those dreams and turning them into objectives and action items and, and yeah. tasks and things that you're going to do to make sure that if you want to go to Machu Picchu in seven years, you're going to be able to go to Machu Picchu. You're going to have the money to do it. You're going to have the, the time to to take away from whatever you're doing in your business and your life to do it. You're going to have the energy to do it. And you're also going to have the freedom because you've crafted a business where you don't have to check your email 30 times a day.
0: Mm. That's helpful. Um, What, what, uh, maybe the, uh, I didn't preview this question for you. So if it's a, if it, if it blindsides you, my apologies, but I I'm convinced that, that, Some people have jobs that suck the life out of them because of some deep-seated need to either suffer or be a martyr or just, I feel like I don't deserve good things the same way we've all had friends. I was actually one of these people at one point. We've all had friends who jump from like horribly broken relationship, the horribly broken relationship, and they'll ask for our advice at times and we, we give it and then they don't follow it. And so then we stop giving it after a while, but like, there's something about them that needs the chaos. They need the drama. They need the, they need the, the, the lying and the, you know, the lack of stability. There are, there are people I'm sure you've come across who your coaching is never going to get through to them. Right. Or maybe, maybe it could, but it would be a harder, gig because they actually want to be in a in a situation that makes them unhappy because they they feel like either that's what they deserve or that's the kind of the 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 lie they've been sold about what it means to to be a uh, to be an employee or be part of the workforce in the, in this country.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I run across them and I often I wish them well. You know, we and that's the other big thing is we think that everybody's our customer, and we need to convince them with our sales and and really, I look at my selling, and I put that in big quotes, my program as, an interview process. It's a filtering process. You know, if you think about gold mining, and I've never gold mined, although I did have a friend who went out to out west at one point with a buddy, and they they, they tried to pretend they were uh, on gold rush Alaska. I think, um, and, <laughs> and, they, and they failed miserably. But that's all a whole story for another day. Um, yeah. But you know they talked about and if you ever watched those tv shows about mining gold there's this whole series of screens and water and and shaking that 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 boils down and gets the right person um and I, I really feel like you know my program and 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 for yourself as you're starting to think about what do i want out of life you need to put these filters in place to really realize what aligns with me so whether you're looking at a business opportunity um you know you own your own business and you're you are you have got this potential client, you should have a filter to make sure that they align with what you want out of life, what, what you want to impact you wanna make, um, that, that they actually want the things that you want to provide them. Um, and I think that you know that goes to how do we craft our life? You know, you need to filter out the things in life that that don't don't really fit us. Um, and yeah, like you said, some people. They, they thrive on being miserable and like I then I wish them well. And I say, all right, well, you know, at some point you may have a change of heart and want to really start looking at your life. And, you know, and if you don't, you know, then that's the path that you've chosen, you know, and it's same, same thing for people who are like, it's all about money. You know, I've turned away clients that they're like, I just want to grow my business as big as possible. And I turn them on to other colleagues and coaches that that's what they're all about. You know, and and it, there's no right or wrong answer in any of this. This is you crafting your life and then crafting a business or an earning stream with your career to make sure that you get the life that you want. And, and I don't care what your desires are. You can want to make a lot of money and still follow my program, but you have to also be thinking about what do I want out of life, too. And so so that's 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 what I do with people.
0: It's helpful. Um this is helpful, Dave. Uh, and I, I, my fear right now is that, uh, my audience is drafting their, um, <laughs> drafting their, uh, well, re- revising their resumes and, uh, and sending in letters of res- resignation right now, because they're thinking, um, I don't know if I'm in the right, I'm in the right role. I'm sure there are lots of folks who are who are, who are loving their jobs. Uh, what are, what do folks tell you they're, they, they want to do more of, is it, is it spend time with their families? Is it travel? Like what is the thing that we collective we are missing out on by working so much and being in that, in that rat race, for those of us who are.
1: It, it goes right in line. And I can't remember. I should have looked it up before, before we got on. Um, but there, there's a study out there and you can you can just Google it. Um, the deathbed regret study. Um, and it was, yeah. in, it was in Australia. And the two big, num- the number one was living somebody else's life, living a life that they didn't want to live. And I, I see that so often over and over again. Um, and then the other one is, you know, working too much. I, you know the the old saying. I never. No one ever said on their deathbed. I, I wish I worked more. Yeah. You know? And so, but I I think part both of those go back to understanding what you want out of life and what you want out of your career. And and you know, for those of you that are out there listening and want to update your resume and jump ship, you know, you don't have to jump ship all the time. To actually live this kind of life either. How do you, how do you work within your organization to make your job better, to make make it, if you want to have an impact, how do you make a better impact? Um, you know, I jump shift because I looked at it and I was like, the culture was too big of a difference. Um, and I also, you know, with all honesty, didn't really want to be there in the first place. I did it as yeah. to friends. I knew it would be a, a marquee name on. My resume. And it was, you know, when I say, you know, when I say I worked for a um, large accounting firm when I first was going out on my own, people like, oh, OK, you know, I didn't even have to, like, give them any, you know, references or anything. Just Credibility, the fact that, that, yeah. that person hired me, you know, that company hired me meant that I knew what I was doing, you know, kind yeah. of. Um, so, um, so I always say it was the best and worst year of my life. I made so many contacts. I learned so much. I got, you know, so much credibility on my resume, that kind of stuff. And I was miserable the whole time. Um, but I wasn't able to make an impact within that organization for me. And now, ironically, the team I built, what I did there and the people that i brought in they all thrived within it and they and they grew and they had a, a the creative space um but i also learned from that that i'm really good at project type work i'm really good at early stage um entrepreneurship kind of stuff where i'm helping to build things from the, from scratch. And then once once it gets into systematizing and running on, on autopilot, that's that's when I get bored and it's time for me to move on. Um, so, you know, for people out there, if you're in a business, can you can you make the changes? Can you do it? I mean my first career out of college, my first one, I drove a forklift for a little while. Um, but the job that I got that really fulfilled my being able to do what I wanted to do was I worked for Cape Cod Community College and my boss kind of let me do whatever I wanted. I did media production and he gave me kind of the parameters of what we needed to do for early, very early distance learning stuff. Um, And I got to be creative and have fun with it. And, you know, and and it was challenging and it was, you know, and we didn't have a big budget. So we had to be creative on how we got stuff done and mm. um, you know, and so while I wanted to move on because there was other opportunities um, and I was kind of recruited away from there, and I also wanted to to move off Cape Cod and, and up towards the Boston area because of relationship stuff. Um, you know, it was a great, great place. You know, and so you don't have to be, you know, quit your job and be an entrepreneur, or quit your job and go join a a, a startup. To you can be part. I mean, you're in education, Michael. You know, higher ed is is full of bureaucracy and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and and yet I was able to thrive and have a great time there. So, so, so you can, no matter where you are, there is potential for you to find that. And then, you know, I also have especially in this post pandemic, you know, thing, everybody's a little bit more flexible on how you work and where you work and what your hours are. You know, um, a, a colleague of mine is, is doing some coaching on the side and she approached her employer and they let her go back to part, go to part-time so that she is doing mm-hmm. is still doing both because they valued her skills but realized that they couldn't give her the opportunity of what she wanted to do. And so she's kind of doing a hybrid of both because she loved her job, but she also had a calling for, for being a coach to women too. So, you know, it you don't have to quit to, to, to go out there and, 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 and live this kind of a life. It's more so, having a plan and seeing does, does what I'm doing right now fit in and how do I modify it if it does.
0: So, so for the people, Dave, and I'll, I'll, I'll get you out of here on this last question, but, for the people who can't go from full time to part time and the people who aren't going to leave their jobs but who do need more who do need to be out of the race more than they are do you have coaching on techniques strategies what whatever that folks can that folks can implement to allow for there to be less of the Running and more of the the family time. I'll I'll give you an example. I used to for years uh, hold Friday afternoon after work through Sunday morning sacred, and that means I never did any work during that time. Even if I had a bunch of emails piled up um, and had a lot of projects due, I didn't do any work between Friday afternoon after work and Sunday morning. Now I don't do that anymore because I have another company now too, and uh, my wife and I just started a non so there's a lot going on. Um, but it doesn't mean it's not doable. I just haven't held to that. Are there things that people can be doing that are going to allow for them to feel like they are more present with friends and family um, while staying in the same job?
1: Well, the first one that I would say to people is All those things that you think are super important probably aren't as important as you think they are. And those people that you think can't wait probably can, Um, you know, we we live in this instantaneous time bubble now where everybody thinks everything has to be answered immediately Um, but often you know if you don't get back to somebody they solve the problem themselves or they are okay with it taking a little bit longer they just we they they become entitled to it because that's what we've allowed them to do so first and foremost is you can take a step away and You know, other than probably world leaders, I don't think anybody needs to take their their job with them on vacation fully. You know, do you have to check in maybe every once in a while? Yeah. But do you have to do you have to be constantly, you know, on the phone? And I did it on on the phone at Space Mountain with the kids. Not not necessarily. Um, But the bigger thing is, is to really understand what are your dreams and stop having them just be dreams. Start figuring out what incremental little things can you do starting tomorrow morning that's going to get you towards that dream? You know, um, a lot of people have been reading the Atomic Habits thing um, and the book about Atomic Habits. And, you know, and it's, you know, you can't, you know, I don't run, but Michael, can you go from never running? Can I run a, a marathon next weekend? <laughs> you would have a lot of trouble doing that. You'd be exactly. in terrible, terrible pain. Yeah. You know, but but, you know, but I can put my sneakers on every morning and I can go run around the block after that. And I can, you know, and that's what Atomic Habits talks about is put your sneakers on, get in the habit of putting your sneakers on every day. Even if you don't leave the house, you get up, you put your sneakers on for a period of time. Then it's get the door. Then it's run around the block. Then it's run a mile. Or half a mile, then run a mile, then five miles, then ten miles, and and you know we need to work our way up to it. And so I think that's the big thing is is that your dreams will never come true, your things on your bucket list will never happen if you don't start making a plan for how are you going to start to make them happen. And so no matter what your situation in life is, no matter where you're working and what you're doing, you're not going to be able to have all of those things that you've dreamed and desired in your life if you don't start working on them tomorrow.
0: I love it. What a poignant way to uh, end our time together, Dave. Well, folk, uh, folks, you got you to gotta reach out to Dave if you're interested in learning more. Dave, how can people find you? Social, website, email, right, share, so, share anything you'd like, please. Okay,
1: so the best thing to do if you want to start figuring out where you want to go with your dream life is I actually have put together a guide. It's a free guide online. It's called the dream life handbook and it's just at dreamlifehandbook.com. And um And if you go on there, you give me your email, I'll email you the, the uh, a copy of it. It's a, it's about a seven or eight page PDF. And it's an exercise you go through and you start really thinking about what do I want out of my life? And it's really that first step in how do I, go forward and make the things that I want in my life happen. So, and, and then I'll have your email address and we can stay
0: in touch. So that's the best way to get in touch with me. Super cool, man. Well, Dave, I can't thank you enough for coming on the uh, show. Uh, I get to, I'm, I'm I'm lucky. I get to talk to inspiring people every week and you, uh, you were certainly no different, man. You inspired the heck out of me and you had me thinking I'm probably uh, noticeably less talkative on this call because I'm thinking so much about, Some of my work uh, choices and and balancing those with life choices and so, Dave, I can't thank you enough, man. Super super inspiring, um, and well, I appreciate. I can't, thank,
1: I can't thank you enough, Michael, because a lot of this life stuff came from a challenge you did one day at four a.m. running training for the marathon, where you asked people, "How are you going to disrupt the world?" Yeah. And that got me to write something that really took my business coaching career and 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 put you know, jet fuel all over it and really helped me to 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 build some a lot of new things with uh with with, with helping people build a better life so i want to thank you publicly for uh for your inspiration and 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 taking me in a new direction so
0: oh man well i'm humbled i'm humbled brother i appreciate you saying that and that uh that means a lot so uh cool cool and uh folks out there what are you gonna do what are you gonna do to disrupt things and change the world. Maybe even just change your own world. Think about that. And I'll see you all next week for a brand new episode of the Inspiration Accelerator. See everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Please look out for a new episode with a new guest every week. This was the Inspiration Accelerator with Michael Sonberg.